0: You're listening to a podcast produced by the Henry M. Jackson School of International Studies, the Centre for West European Studies, and the EU Centre at the University of Washington. This and other podcasts can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information, visit our website at jsis.washington.edu forward cwes-euc. providing me with the opportunity to talk tonight to this distinguished audience. It is always a pleasure for me to talk about the European project, even more so in these times of difficulty and uncertainty, because there used to be a time when the international debate about the European Union was dominated by the uniqueness of the European project, its admirable capacity to bring together nations that had been at war with each other for centuries providing for unprecedented peace and prosperity. That union was both undisputed for most, if not all, the European citizens, and it was also supported by some of our traditional friends to the other side of the ocean. But those happy times are partially gone. Today, the European Union appears to many as a butter project, increasingly questioned by Europeans themselves, with one of its members deciding to leave the club after 43 years of membership, and these days also questioned to some extent by some of its most traditional supporters during decades. In this context, many people may be tempted to ask, is the European Union still necessary today and is it going really to survive? Let me be straight and clear, the European Union in these times of uncertainty, scepticism, rising populism, inward-looking policies and the resurgence of all forms of nationalism is more important than ever before. What has been defined by some as the largest civilization project of the 20th century just cannot die. It is too important for Europe but we believe for the rest of the world as well. It is important for Europe because we Europeans know better than anybody else about the risks of extreme nationalism. The two world wars of the 20th century represented the ultimate example of how that nationalism contributed to unleash the beast of war and destruction. So it is hardly surprising that it was also Europe that out of his own tragic experience has developed such an innovative and unprecedented project called the European Union, which rather than dividing countries between winners and losers, rather than basing political relationships on past conflicts, rather than using prejudice as a way to look at your neighbours, rather than thinking that the rise of a country requires the fall of another, set forth instead to force relationship based on what can unite us for the future and not what separated us in the past. Based on economic cooperation and integration that will help us rise together. Based on increased exchange of people and ideas as the best antidote to prejudice. And based on the permanent use of dialogue and negotiation as the best instrument to resolve our problems. But our tragic past is now being forgotten by some in Europe. The emerging forces of populism are luring many European citizens frustrated with the complexity of the globalised world to a future which ominously resembles some of the darkest pages of our own history. The extreme selfish nationalism, the search for scapegoats from outside to explain our own faults. The easy solutions proposed for our complex problems, The questioning of all we have been building over the last decades through hard work, through difficult negotiations, but especially through the open-mindedness to put our common future before our short-term myopic interests, and we cannot let this happen. But the European Union is not only important for us Europeans. We believe it constitutes an example of how the world affairs can be conducted on multilateral compromise-driven solutions instead of unilateral initiative and confrontation. We don't want to impose anything, nor do we want to lecture anybody on our values. After all, they came about as the only possible reaction to centuries of war and conflict among the European nations. If anything, our only merit has been trying to learn from our tragic mistakes of the past. But when Euroscepticism grows, when one of our members decides to leave us, when the new leadership in our admired America seems to prefer its sole European foe to many of its traditional friends, many are asking the question if the European Union is not becoming out of pace with the world of the 21st century. I will wholeheartedly defend the European Union as a project that, over and beyond the value for Europe itself, also constitutes a reference and an inspiring example for the rest of the world, and very particular for the world that seems to be taking shape in the first part of the millennium. At a time where the main world's powers seem to prefer unilateral action or submit to inward-looking isolationist policies, there has to be somebody who defends multilateralism as the best way to resolve the world's problems. Someone who believes in cooperation and partnership as the best methods to ensure good, fair and peaceful governance for the world affairs. At a time when the arms race seems to be picking up again, there needs to be someone who, who stands up and presents another way of doing things in the national arena through the force of multilateral diplomacy, cooperation, capacity building and commonly agreed solutions. And at a time when anti-scientific skepticism, short-sightedness, can undermine the ability of our world to respond to some of the most fundamental challenges of humankind, such as global warming, there has to be somebody promoting international agreements to ensure coordinated action and solidarity to face this challenge together. That is what the European Union represents today for the rest of the world multilateralism and cooperation. We are the world's number one trading partner. We are the world's number one contributor to aid to development. We are. Our countries play a key role in the peace forces around the world. We champion international efforts to fight global warming. We play a fundamental role in the fight against international crime. We support and promote human rights as a basic conditions to inspire all our economic and political relationships. And if you allow me also a reference to a small issue, but that is very close to my heart, we are also championing the world fight against illegal fishing. But we also present a social model. When criticism to social inequality grows everywhere, it is important to know that the European Union and its Member States that represent only 7% of the world population, generates 25% of the world's GDP, and spends 50% of the world's total expenditure on social policy. If there's an example of a socially inclusive society, that is beyond doubt the European model. And yes, the European Union is going through a difficult period now. But we have learned that it is during difficult periods that people and countries can rise to the challenge and show the best of themselves. We have grown through countless crises. Believe me, I've lived through them. We have been considered dead by endless scaremongers. But we have always survived. We are the best demonstration that nothing can stand in the way people's determination to resolve their problems through negotiation and cooperation. And yes, our policies have often been criticized for being slow, inconclusive, bureaucratic, disappointing. But that is in the nature of things. We are big, we are complex, we are diverse, and have different cultures, economic levels, values, and traditions. So we know very well, and we have learned from experience, that we cannot manage that complexity with simplistic recipes. We have learned that quick miracle solutions always backfire. We have learned that compromise is necessary because because minority views must always be listened. Our own real or alleged problems are a demonstration that it is impossible to manage complex societies with simplistic slogans. But our impressive achievements show the determination to look for common grounds of understanding, complex though though they are often, have contributed to achieve what once thought not to be feasible. This gives us the extraordinary experience of managing complexity and diversity and to combine that in search of the common good. For all those who ask, and today even more, inside and outside Europe, What has the the European Union achieved? The answer is very simple, almost nothing. Only 60 years of peace, freedom and prosperity. Those who want to dump the project should tell us one day how they will improve on this. And we have achieved this through our culture of compromise, a culture of negotiating endlessly until we strike a deal, no matter at what time, Of the day, or most commonly of the night. We have developed a trademark European model that, despite its crisis, shortcomings, and critics, despite all the doomsday scenarios about its future collapse, it is today, in the uncertain and globalized world of the 21st century, more necessary than ever before. Thank you very much.